Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, Aaron and Matthew Miller. It's good to be with you and to get back to this topic of the fallen world. This is going to be a trilogy. And Aaron and I is going to really grapple with some of the things found all the way at the beginning. Back to Genesis we go. So, we'll have Aaron come on the mic and give us a brief overture of this symphony of destruction, (laughs) many would say. So, Aaron, you have the mic. Uh, Give us a brief overview of this part two and where all this is going. Well, when I was, when I began, I, 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 hinted that um, something about this Adama. I, I, in the beginning of the previous show, I mentioned that I was writing a story about Lilith about a year ago and um, that it connected that my data from my studies led to the show we did previously. But what is Lilith? That is a very famous topic. Uh, Lilith being the supposed former wife of Adam. This name Lilith is only found once in scripture, but the Jewish legend expands on this topic a little more. So here we're bringing this up in Isaiah chapter 34, verse... 14. Now, there's a lot of confusion within translations. This word Lilith is translated in the King James Version as a screech owl and in uh, the NASB as a night monster. So, what it says here is, I will translate the word I'm reading from the NSB, but I will translate that word, transliterate that word to Lilith. Okay. The desert creatures will meet with wolves, and the hairy goat will cry to his kind. Yes, Lilith will settle there and find herself a resting place. Now, this is talking about Babylon, or uh, mystery Babylon. Babylon is a mystical place in the apocalyptic literature. It represents the rebellion. It always represented rebellion against God, and it was a very powerful kingdom. And it appears in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, as 
the place where the harlot is from. It calls Babylon the harlot and writing the Scarlet Beast, which we will um, be soon getting into. So here it says that this Lilith will find a place there in the last days. So there are some connections to make here that we have to make. But I'll let you you take over about your thoughts about Lilith and what you know about her. Well, a lot of uh, my research trying to get to the bottom of this took me to, well, archaeology. I wanted to hit the books, find out where it came from. Uh, she, of course, is depicted on the Bernie relief. Now, as of late, people have come in trying to say that uh, that is not Lilith when the inscription plainly bears that out. Um, you know, when you look at it, uh, there is no doubt that the final epitaph there does, in fact, say Lilo, which is Lilith. So let's get that out of the way. But But really... The Bernie Relief depicts uh, the common image of a siren. So, when you look into this, it's very important to uh, to realize that, for some reason, the Bible gives us a hint that we might have a clue, but yet it doesn't offer up explanation as to who or what she is. That's for certain, and it's very strange that the depiction that uh, is given there in Isaiah chapter 34, it, it's it's disturbing um, the way it's – well, it's talked about, and especially that verse when you switch it over to the Septuagint, uh, it offers up even more disturbing data points as to the other creatures involved. and. Well, it, it just leaves you wanting to know more. Uh, that's, of course, why the legends come up uh, via the Hebrew sources, that she was somehow the first wife of Adam, that she had been well-constructed. We do know that Eve was not created. Um, she was formed. There's a whopping big difference. So we have to grapple with this, that... Um, I'm not going to mention what the Septuagint says in this verse. We're going to stick to this Lilith. I don't know. Perhaps Aaron will bring it up later, but we need to stick to the Lilith. And like I stated, the historical references to this uh, particular entity was well known in the Middle East. I mean, this relief that we have of her, it shows uh, twin buboes, of course, twin owls at the bottom. Her wings are depicted facing downward um, outside of the wings and, of course, the clawed feet of a bird. Uh, she is depicted rather naturally as a normal human being, but her claws are gripping two lions with the bubo owls left and right. This has been perfectly preserved but it, to make you know this this the situation of this depiction on here of Lilith 
it's it's rather disturbing. But um, it's an open-ended question. Um, just exactly what this entity was, but there's no doubt about it. Aaron is completely correct in his a short mentioning of the simple fact that, uh, well, Isaiah chapter 34 is depicting something that is to come. And when it comes, it's not going to be like anything any of us have ever seen, witnessed, or endured, that's for sure. So, Aaron, you know, we we have to come to grips with this. Um, if this be the case... If we once again are dealing with with things outside of what the Bible is literally coming out and telling you, because if God wanted you to know this particular data point, he would have given it right there in Genesis chapter 2. However, uh, God is notorious for, oh, he'll give you all the details, just not in a row. Let's take the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne, what's going to happen with terra firma. He'll come out and tell you everything that's going to happen on that day, but not in one place. Uh, the data is scattered out over Isaiah 24, uh, Isaiah 51, uh, Psalms 33, uh, Ezekiel uh, 31. They're just scattered everywhere. But he does come out and tell you, but being who he is, to the point, no respecter of persons. Oh, he's going to tell you what he's going to do. He's just not going to come out and tell you when you want him to tell you. I mean, he will do exactly what he's did with his great day. He'll, he will tell you, but just not where you're expecting it and where you're expecting it to be. So this entity, Lilith, we know from outside sources is known to be Adam's first wife. Something must have happened. So if we're going to find any technical data, you'd want it to be in your face in Genesis chapter 2. But ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to ever know completely what the Hebrew actually states until the promise of a pure language has been fulfilled. Because God has taken the vowels out of Hebrew. You have no clue how to pronounce it. It is purely a prophetic language. It's prophetic. So, with that in mind, Aaron, back to you and, well, let us see what we can see. Well, for those of you who don't know, the theory of Lilith goes that Adam had a wife born, created alongside of him. And unlike Eve, Eve was taken out of him after he was created. This Lilith was supposedly created from the same dust as Adam. And she uh, was his first mate. And she rebelled against God and rebelled against Adam and became a she-demon, however, you want to follow um, follow up with the show that we did about the cloven, about that, but she, supposedly she's a she-demon that's mated with 
the um, the fallen angel Samael, and uh, she is known as a great harlot. As some some saying say one of the grand whores of hell, literally, and she is throughout rabbinic texts and she was very well accepted she was thought in the middle ages to have come it was she was thought to have come from the middle ages but we have evidence just like my dad here said of um lilith even in the gilgamesh epic uh lilith was understood as a night demon Lilith comes from the word Layla in Hebrew, which means night. And a strange word. Like I said, it appears only once. But if this whole thing be true, that there's this other wife of Adam, how come it's not in Genesis? Or is it? So I took a closer look. Well, first of all, I always had a struggle in in my mind as a little kid when I was reading the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says, And God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. So it's, So here it doesn't say that God made man alone. He only made one. It says that it implies that on the sixth day, God took Eve, or God, God made a female for Adam. And was, I mean, you could say that in Genesis chapter 2, when it describes the creation of Eve, that it all happened on the same day. But me as a kid, I thought, well, that's a lot to happen in one day. And... I'm I'm just saying from my personal experience as a kid. So this is the main reason why is because in Genesis chapter 1 it talks about the mate of Adam and here Eve doesn't show up till chapter 2. So that is the root, okay? The next chapter in chapter 2 it is kind of hidden, okay, but it's there, and it well, it very well could be there if if you were to interpret it a, the text a new way, okay. Now, frequently in this chapter, the word Adama appears, okay, and that's what I alluded to in the former show. Adama is the feminine form of Adam, and it means the ground. It is a word used for the ground. So if, but if if we were to say, okay, so the Bible describes Eve as a woman, okay? Okay, so from Adam, her relationship to Adam is Ish, the Ish, which is a man, and Isha, which is a woman. So that's the relationship of her to of Eve to Adam that was because she was taken from him but thinking what would one who's not be taken from him what would that man's name be that would only that would only be 
a feminine form of Adam. So we could say that Adama is the word for, uh, well, for the best translation, a humaness, a female human, okay? Not a woman, but, you know, in a way, a female man. I don't know how else to put it. And here, if we were to interpret that way, okay, if we were to translate a, this word Adama instead of ground to Adama or the female man, I found something st strikingly striking. I'll just read it from Genesis chapter 2, verse 4 to to verse 8. This is the history of the generations of heavens and the earth and they were when they were created in the day that Jehovah God made the heavens and the earth. No mutterings of demons were yet in the in the earth. Now, that was a translation of mine. I'm I'm presently looking at a translation that I put together. No herb of the field had yet sprung up, for Jehovah God had not caused it to rain on the earth. And this is when I started using my own translation. Adam was not meant to serve Adama, but a fountain went up from the earth and dampened the whole face of Adama. Jehovah God formed man from the dust as Adama, but breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. And Jehovah God planted a garden eastward in Eden, where he put the man whom he had formed. So... This is a very interesting way to look at it. Here it says that he was not meant to serve Adama, but a fountain went up from the earth that dampened the whole face of Adama. Now, that word for fountain is often translated mist, but in the in the Greek, the word is fountain, is translated fountain. I'm going to bring up Genesis chapter 2. So, this is verse 6. The Septuagint says, Page, which is, I'm going to go ahead and give the Strong's number here, um, G4077, um, Pige. It means a spring of water. And that is the same word used for the fountains of the great deep broken up. And we know what the deep was. The deep was the abyss. In Hebrew, the word for abyss is tehom, and is translated in, into Greek as abyss. So literally, the waters were broken up from the abyss. And this water streaming out, this water sprouting from the earth, is coming from the abyss. Okay, so what are your thoughts here? Well, I might take us in a different direction, but you bring up some very good points. You elaborated on the simple fact that we have to come to grips with. God said that in Genesis chapter 1, he created them man and female, male and female. Yet you know beyond any shadow of a doubt, Eve did not come about until after that, and she was not created. She was formed. Now, yes, 
obviously uh, God was did create Eve in the simple fact that Adam's superstructure was complete and her DNA code was there in his. So, yes, that is true. But this is going to quickly, quickly take a hard left turn because everybody's forgetting about the main purpose of Genesis chapter 2. And ladies and gentlemen, you can take this to the bank. If anything did happen, Lilith never took a bite out of the forbidden fruit. Now, is this how she is coming up in her immortality? I mean, this is just what you got to come to grips with. Everybody likes to focus on this and focus on that. No, the real crux of the problem is staring you right in the face. She never took a bite of the forbidden fruit. Nor would she have. Well, we don't know, but we're about to get into that. Was is was she even around when this happened? When the tree of knowledge was even there, was she even around? So that's something we're going to get on later. But what do you think of this this spring coming up from the abyss and dampening her face? So it clearly distinguishes this between Adam and Lilith. Well, that I, that son, she go ahead, son. They're not going to like what I have to say. You're pushing me to say something. I don't want to say. But look, if you listen to what God said, the breath of life entered Adam and he became a living creature. Look, you have to come to grips with this. In your interpretation of these vowless Hebrew words, it can be interpreted to mean literally that the breath of life came over Adam, but over Adama, make no mistakes about it, ladies and gentlemen, when you take the suffix hey and add it to a name, a person, place, or thing, in Hebrew, that makes it feminine. So I'm just going to say it. Adam got the breath of life. Adama got the water which the spirit was hovering over. I.E., he is inferring here, Adam breathed air and Lilith breathed water. Now, yeah, and... um. This this water of life is mentioned in in the new Te in the New Testament in the book of Revelation, where it describes it gives a description of of Eden when it of paradise when it comes to earth, and it says this. And he showed me a river of the water of life as clear as crystal coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river was the tree of life bearing twelve kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every month, and its leaves of the tree were healing the nations. So, well, well, so well, just a minute, okay? Let's go back to what I said before. She did not partake in the forbidden fruit. So what's this mean? She was never expelled from 
Eden. This is what you're really saying. And it was this water of life that is there in Eden which gave her life. Now, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but we can take this text that Aaron has uh, reinterpreted, and I can just post it word for word and prove that these things can be – it is a proper interpretation to relay them to you just as Aaron has done. So we're in a different ballgame. She wasn't kicked out of the garden. She obviously left. But at any rate, we have to know and understand this. It's quite possible that Lilith, just as my son said, was not even in the garden. She she left voluntarily. She wasn't expelled. She left voluntarily. That being the case, we are dealing with something else altogether different. Different entirely. So, the next thing that jumps into my mind, and it, man, I really don't want to say these things, but, uh, well, sometimes, oh, Aaron, look, it hints that if they didn't receive life from the same way, perhaps they was made from a different medium. That it, Look, life was propagated differently, i.e., one, it is inferred, received their life from the air, oxygen, that's how they received their oxygen from the air. The feminine, the Adama, received her oxygen from the water. It begs the question, were they made, were they produced from different medium? That's that's all I wanted to say and just Lord have mercy. Aaron, back to you. So, something, I, I just want to take us a little further in the chapter. Okay, so, something that's very different from the, from the, from Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 is that in Genesis chapter 1, God says that he gave every... Okay, I'm going to read from verse 29. It says, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is in the surface of the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. Okay? It says every one. But... In Genesis chapter 2, what does it say? It says, in verse 15, well, it says, verse 16, that you may eat of every tree of the garden, but you shall not eat out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. Okay. So, why did he change what he said? Well, I'm going to go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. It's It says, I'm going to translate again. Now, this could the first few words of the verse could be translated either because of Adama or out of Adama. So, I'm not sure which one to go by, but I'm going to go, I'm just going to go with because of Adama. Because of Adama, 
Jehovah God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and is good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, and it also could mean out of Adama. So could it maybe mean both? But first of all, we want to state that it was because of her that this tree of knowledge of good and evil came about. And what did she do? Or what happened? And something that I can go further with is verse 15. It says, Jehovah God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to guard it and to keep it. It literally says to guard. He was set there into the garden to guard the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. So... And that's when God says you may eat of every tree in the garden, but you may not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then moving on, this is another um, thing that has been used to support the theory of Lilith, is verse 18. It says, it is not good for man to have become alone. So, that's what the text can literally be translated as. That he became alone. Then it says, I will make his helper comparable to him. And then it's verse 19. Because of Adama, God, Jehovah God formed every animal of the field, every bird of the sky, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. So, wow, a lot of info. A lot of info that takes extreme exegesis. You have to get in there and get your hands dirty. You literally have to get into the Hebrew, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, I appreciate when you pull up the standard Strong's and take a look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, I appreciate how they translate it, but you don't have to like it. It It, it is to become. I mean, it, 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 and it's that way multiple times in many verses. Is it translated, became, alone. So... Man, they, these are some things that you just you got to have a firm foundation laid. The Holy Spirit literally has to uh, provide you with a very firm foundation before you get into this text and really start looking at this subject of Lilith. And it comes up; it's staring you right in the face. There was Adam, and then there was. The one with the added suffix hey, which is Adama. That was male and female. Uh, I mean, you just, and then these strange encodations that the breath of life uh, uh, animated Adam, but yet it was this, this, well, water for better use of the word. Uh, that animated Adama and this this water of life, this living stream is obviously massively protected until the final chapters of the Bible, the final book of the Bible, the 66th one. It's a lot to have to come to grips with and you just have to well, like I said, you have to have a firm foundation already laid by the Lord your God in your heart to even contemplate such things. So, 
Aaron, everything that you've presented so far is basically not debatable because you gave the Hebrew and I'm sitting here looking at it myself. Um, and people are just not used to them playing Trixie with Strong's numbers. And they do it all the time. And they love to change the Strong's numbers based off their jots and tittles of the cantillation marks. You have to rip them out. Ladies and gentlemen, it should be no secret to you that the exact same Hebrew word is sometimes given five, six different strong centuries and all different, different <laughs> definitions. It's, it's ludicrous is what it is. It's ludicrous. So Aaron, back to you. So it says here that everything good for food that's something that keeps coming up in the first three chapters of Genesis is the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil being good for food. And, and that's what is given there in there in verse nine to describe the tree that was made because of Adama, but it could also be translated out of Adama. So, Something I wanted to bring up from the form from the former show was uh, Psalm chapter seventeen, verses the verse fourteen. It says, "You gave him as uh, well." No, I'll just read thirteen to fifteen. You divided the sea with your strength. You broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan, and you gave him as food for the people of the Siam. So is often translated people of the wilderness, but then it gives this word, theme, which is used often in the new, in the prophets as a description for some demonic entities. And it, yes, my friends, it does appear in Isaiah chapter 34 with Lilith. I'm going to bring up that that verse in Isaiah chapter 34, verse 14. Okay, then it says, desert creatures will meet with wolves. It says, literally, the CM will meet with the EM. And the, uh, the Sarim will cry to its kind. And the Lilith will settle there and find herself a resting place. So, the Seirim were, that's the goat demons associated with the Zazel himself. And these desert creatures are associated with Lilith somehow. And it makes me think, was when it was she made from what if the the trees of the garden these trees of the garden came from the flesh of Leviathan's corpse and she was too that's why it says out of Adama that's why it could be translated out of Adama because it's from the same thing as her she was she her 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 being made out of the Leviathan remains, and um, 
that would make sense if she was a water creature and to say we could say that if behemoths were killed in the former show that we in the preceding show we had we talked about behemoth having died too the land creature could Adam have been made out of his remains and Lilith have been made from Leviathan's remains and maybe that's that's one of the reasons why she fell to sin and he didn't because Leviathan was a sinner and of himself. So literally, you've given the answer to this question about could they have been made from different media. Now I hope everybody appreciates what I said earlier about you better have a firm foundation because your faith's going to be throttled in this one. I mean, Aaron give you the verse. Now you can freely look at, at the Hebrew yourself and come to grips with what it says. That, well, if there was a war and this was pre-Adam and the behemoth had been slain, its decomposed body became the land and... The seabed was decomposed remains of the Leviathan. Now we're really pushing the envelope. Prophetically, that's what's being stated here. And, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> boy, I bet we just blew some people's heads off for sure. Aaron, what you're saying makes for a reasonable hypothesis. Now, I'm not going to say it's thus saith the Lord, because God didn't come out and tell us all these things, jot and tittle. But boy, the verses you've relate to us, well, are you not so sure he did come out and tell you? He just didn't come out and, you know, uh, ever exactly say that one plus one equals two. And like I said, we've already given rock-solid proof of that with just... The great day of he who sitteth upon the throne. I mean, he tells you what he's going to do. <laughs> Miter of fact. Miter of fact, he's going to tell, he tells you illicitly on his great day what he's going to do to the land and what he's going to do to the water. Uh, he comes right out and tells you. Now, nobody believes it when they read him. They just read over it and, ah, oh, it's just poetry. We'll just skip this one. Man, did that just say what I thought it said, yeah, it says exactly what all the other people who run around and state that, well, you know, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, we're going to have a plan. And what do they always say? There's going to be a massive tsunami. Now, I hate to rain on your party. No, there ain't, because, well, we already have physical evidence of what God is going to do right in front of your face. And it's called, well, fish kills. All of you need to... I don't know, do the exact opposite of what I did. I studied the scripture, then I went to the science books to prove uh, that uh, science could ascertain the rhyme and the reason as to why the Bible was saying what it was stating. So you all might want to go uh, check oxygen saturation and research that. Because you're not going to like what you find. That's what is causing all the fish kills. Globally. Now, God comes right out and tells you. <laughs> but 
people just don't believe it. And when they talk about Bible prophecy, they never mention those things. They just reiterate the same chapter, the same chapters, the same chapters, the same chapters. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, to come to grips with everything my son has said, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. Sorry, an English translation will not cut it because it's just that. It's a translation. You need the Bible God's holy word that was delivered unto you in Hebrew and Greek. The Greek came a thousand years before the Hebrew, but that's beside the point. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it would probably do everybody some good uh, just to start there. I have already give you the warning that this was going to throttle your faith and you better have a firm foundation. You know, maybe all of you, sh before you start looking into any of this, well, maybe I ought to take a gander at what, well, Second Timothy chapter 2 says about it. Uh, <sighs> Hebrews chapter 6, definitely. Uh, you need to have a firm foundation before you get your hands dirty with this one. So you might just want to do a simple search in your translation, anyone will do, of the word foundation in the New Testament. And maybe you should try going over those and, and seeing exactly what I'm talking about. But literally speaking, we're saying that prophetically what is insinuated, God's not coming out and saying it, this is not thus saith the Lord, but what he is insinuating is that the foundation of Adam was prophetically behemoth and the foundation of his mate was prophetically Leviathan. This is, I mean, he already come out and told you that, well, Adam got the breath of life, but Adama, uh, she got it via water. So with this in mind, it, it begins to, I mean, everybody thinks these, this conspiracy theory of, you know, <clears throat> this gap, this gap between, you know, when the earth was plainly formless and void, however you want to say it, is irrelevant. Something obviously happened, and Aaron, you have put together a reasonable hypothesis as to the machination behind these tales that have been woven into conspiracy theories. So, boy, we have really throttled it tonight, Aaron. Um, back to you. Well, let me take a look over my notes. Well, seems we have covered all of everything that I have, but we have this question about the CM, but I think that's going to bring us into our next show. You are absolutely correct, Will, and uh, believe it or not, uh, we've only got 10 minutes left of this broadcast anyway. So, you need to give a teaser for the next one, and we need to come to grips with everything Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 states. And ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to get your hands dirty, but I warn you, you better have a firm foundation before you do it. I mean, I know 
Many of you think you do. <laughs> really? Well, today, most preachers, I'm going to say most preachers, don't believe half of what comes out of God's mouth. Not even half of it. But take note of this one thing. It is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of understanding. Now, he says that more than once. So, Aaron, I'm sure you have learned by this point in time, when God repeats himself, you better listen. He's he's doing it for a reason. So give us a, a sneak peek of the third installment and your closing comments, please. Well, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we have, well, a living creature talked about. And we know what the living creatures are. So, that brings us to number three. My last comments are, well, um, just keep an open mind, you know. Um, the Bible could be saying something and you just can't see it in our tongue. Something that we just can't notice, you know, in our language. So, um, be open-minded about your Bible when you read it. You may not know Hebrew or Greek, but you can um, just keep an open mind about the English text. And there you go. Thanks for listening. Well, ladies and gentlemen, prepare thyself for the third installment. Go and get your hands dirty there in Genesis chapter 3, because the Lord your God might be riddling something unto you that might just throttle your faith. I appreciate what you have been taught by your teachers and your preachers and your pastors. I appreciate what's come out of their mouths. However, take note of this one thing. What comes out of God's mouth? A whole lot of times. Boy, it is sweet to the taste. But it turns sour in your gullet. And you better have a firm foundation laid in the Lord Jesus Christ. Shored up with the sure mortar of the Holy Spirit, which he did give at Pentecost. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for my closing thought. Riddle me this. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the cool of the day. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron plainly shared with you that, well, Adama, this Lilith, was not in the garden. You have to understand that God put Atom in the garden to guard it. Is this the first isochronal event, ladies and gentlemen? Consider this. Is the Bible saying that Adam had to leave the garden in order to visit Adama? And if that be true, is this when the serpent slithered into the garden while it was unguarded? Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.